I hit Hello, it. everyone, and welcome to episode 18B of the Depressed Breakfast Club. Uh, we're going to be continuing with our talk on narcissists. So if you listen to episode 18, you'll find that we just kind of stopped. This is the continuation. So we're not going to get into the whole formalities of what we usually do. We're just going to continue on with our episode as we are releasing them all together. So the next type of narcissist that we're dealing with is a somatic narcissist. A somatic narcissist derive a sense of superiority, entitlement, and self-worth from their perceptions of their physical bodies. They use their figures and their physical space around them to express their narcissistic traits. Whilst somatic narcissists present with confidence in their beauty, strength, and fitness, they tend to obsess over their appearance and criticize the appearances of others, demonstrating an underlying insecurity and low self-esteem. Somatic narcissists may also achieve personal value and superiority from sex. However, sex is not necessary, as it is with the sexual narcissist, in order for the somatic narcissist to build self-worth. So do you guys think you know any one that fits that category? Go ahead, Taylor. <laughs> Could you tell by my head banging, even though I the could. listeners won't be able to see? I was doing like heavy metal head banging for that one. Um, yes, yes, Dana, I do know someone who fits it. That was one of those ones that as I read it, I was like, wow, that's my ex-fiance right there. She was that type who used her body and tried to accentuate, like she knew how to accentuate the parts of her that were appealing. So like for her, it was her ass all the time. So she knew that and like her eyes. So she'd do everything to make sure that those were accentuated and use them like a freaking weapon. So even the way that she walks, like literally down to the way that she walks, if people pay attention to it, and I can think of someone who's probably going to notice it now when she listens to this, she's going to be like, oh, she does do that. Um, <clears throat> the way that she walks is not a natural hip swivel. Like when you normally walk, it's fairly just normal. Like nothing's really supposed to move. Right. When she walks, she throws her hips and her ass. So that way it makes it extremely prevalent and makes you watch it. Because she just, she thrives off of that sort of attention and has a need for it. She's like, oh yeah, you know, they would notice my ass at work today. It's like, well, you were wearing tight pants and I know how you walk. So of course they did. Like, there's no way to not notice it where she's like, oh yeah, you know, I just kind of like do this hip swivel thing once in a while. I'm like, once in a while, that's the only way you walk is with a freaking hip swivel. I'm not surprised that she has hip and back problems because of the way that she walks. Wow. So she's definitely like that one was one of the ones last night that I read and I was like, ooh, yes. She uses her surroundings. She uses everything she can to basically like, I, I always refer to it as like weaponizing her physique or weaponizing her, um, uh, her surroundings where she'll use things to make herself look even better. And to me, it's one of those things like, I don't understand how that's done because I don't give two shits. Like you guys see, I am in a cut up all the hell. Um, this actually used to be a t-shirt, but I cut off the arms to make it a tank top. 
and no makeup, no hair did. It's like, nope, this is this is a, this is what you get. I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we don't have video on trail. <laughs> She's naked, easy, cheesies. <laughs> this this makes me so happy. <laughs> so I when I when you read this definition, it makes me think of um, celebrities. Yes. yes. Famous people. Mm-hmm. Models. Yeah. I would say especially models, just because they're like, and you think about anyone who idolizes them, that's what they try and, like you think of like teenagers, they try and mimic that mm-hmm. because to them, that's society's definition of what they're supposed to look like, how they're supposed to move. It's like they do not, even when you listen, like Dana, I know you watch uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, like I do. And there's been a couple episodes, I'm trying to remember which, I can't, I don't know models' names, but a couple models have been on there a couple times, and they're like, okay, well, this is how you, quote unquote, stomp the runway. And they show them a specific walk, like a specific gait that they have to make themselves more alluring and to capture more attention. Right. And that, to me, is just mind-boggling and impressive all at the same time. So... In, in the in the definition, it talks about um, obsessing over their parents and whatnot. How how many how many how many famous people talk about how someone else looks? Mm-hmm. Oh God, there'd so, be no tabloids, right? So, so true. So let's let's kick it to family of. Possibly somatic narcissists. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. Peanut's just like, I have the name. (laughs) And if any of our listeners are fans, this is just my opinion, but the Kardashians. Oh, hands down. The Kardashians are famous for no reason other than their father was friends with OJ Simpson and OJ's trial attorney. Yes. There, there, there is no other reason they're famous. Mm-hmm. I'd say the my, people from my, Jersey Shore, too, eh? My daughter has watched every single episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians <laughs> and their new show, The Kardashians. Oh, my God. I've never watched a single episode of either. Nope. Now, I'm not saying in their show they bash others but i decided to follow a few of them on social media oh this is gonna get good <laughs> and I, I i picked instagram and twitter because those are those are the two social medias that i like kim kardashian is probably the biggest fucking hypocrite on the face of our god-given planet when she was married to Kanye, mm. it was my husband has mental health issues. Oh, we stand by you, Kanye, blah 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 until they got fucking divorced. And then he was a piece of shit. He was trash. His clothes were garbage. Oh, what's all in your closet, Kim? Yeezy wear. But now you're no longer you're no longer Kim Kardashian West. You're Kim Kardashian again. And the West 
is a piece of shit. Fuck his mental health. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I have a question because I was sitting there listening to this. I'm thinking about like the Kardashians and, and just celebrities in general and like how they obsess over their appearance and stuff and criticism of their appearance. And I think uh, I wonder to myself, um, is narcissism something like it's um, that you're born with like that, like it's a mental or can you like be made a narcissist? Because I feel like, like with celebrities in that, that they might not start out as like, as this, as the somatic narcissist, but being in the spotlight and having to um, make sure that you look good all the time that maybe you look better than so-and-so to get the headline, to get the part, um, to get the Oscar, to get whatever, um, that it it maybe forms them into this type of narcissist. Right. I personally think that um, it's something that's a learned behavior. Like, um, I think it's one of those things where it's a combination. Some people, I think, are born that way. And other people, I think it's one of those things where they're born with the tendencies and it's whether or not we feed those tendencies. So if we feed the tendencies, then it takes a full hold and they Mm -hmm. think that those tendencies are true. So the example that I'm going to give of who I personally, I'm a really big fan of his. And I think it's a really good example of how just because you're famous doesn't necessarily mean that you're a narcissist and it's Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. he is one of the most down to earth people. Like even when you see him in interviews and all that kind of stuff, he's humble. He, he is well, yeah, so he humble. He doesn't really seem to be like competing for physique or, or looks like his hair, what he wears. Like he just, he doesn't seem to care anything like really <clears throat> about, and- that like he's not obsessed with with that he is just who he is he wears just what he wears he's Mm -hmm. not trying to upstage with like you know this pin suit or the newest hairstyle or but that but it shows right to your question celebrity but well no but i would say but that answers your question of whether or not people are more likely to born with it or whether it's something that specifically Mm -hmm. hollywood cultivates and I think that Hollywood does cultivate it. But once in a while, you have stars who don't let it go to their head. And Keanu Reeves is, in my opinion, the best example of it. Because like you said, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. He's just happy to go make movies. And then when he makes some movies, he'll take his money and donate it back. Like I can remember, I think it was him who uh, donated some of his money because he made so much off of, I can't remember if it was uh, The Matrix or something. But he donated the money back to the crew because he didn't feel that they got enough money. And he was like, I have more than enough. Here you go. And he's like, I don't care. The only reason it got out that he'd done it was because the crew members were posting about it saying that, oh, yeah, you know, he did this amazing thing for us today. And I've seen the pictures, too, where people are like, here he is. He's literally just sitting by himself on a park bench eating ice cream by himself. And he'll just ask random strangers walking into the ice cream parlor hey, do you want me to buy you, like, do you mind if I buy you an ice cream cone and we can just sit and kind of hang out? And it just, it's 
I don't know, like awe-inspiring to a certain degree. Where so you my can see how not. Met him. Seriously? Yeah, I'm when jealous. she first right? when she <laughs> first moved to Denmark, uh, her plane had a layover at Heathrow, and he was at Heathrow, and she got his autograph and stuff. That's so cool, and I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> oh, I want to lick him. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> I love him so much. Well, I guess like not even just like the Hollywood, because I guess like my question, I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna be touched on later mm. when like <clears throat> we're discovering other things. Um, is that like with uh, like with depression, you we know it's a chemical imbalance in your brain, mm. and I'm just curious with narcissists if it is the same thing that it's like an imbalance of something or is it just a personality trait something that's learned something that's taught um or is it actually like something chemically or physically that causes you to be that way well one of the main things is the um uh, the lack of empathy, which comes from, I can't remember which part of the brain off the top of my head. Had I known this question was going to come up, I probably would have Googled it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But I like to I toss them out. <laughs> you guys can see that. <laughs> Blindside, bitch. <laughs> but I know there's a specific part of the brain that is supposed to light up with empathy. And when they've done the testing on it, it's one of those things that they've shown that for those who are narcissists it doesn't light up like it's supposed to so to me it's always one of those things like it's no different than depression and anxiety there's a multitude of different reasons like it's never 100 chemical imbalance Mm -hmm. there's factors that go into it and it's the same thing to me it just makes sense that it's the same thing with narcissists there are some like there are some kids you literally see walking around and you just look at them and you're like, you're a little asshole. Like you're, you're already narcissistic and you're seven. Well, I think like, that, what, I think that you develop it from narcissistic parents, probably, that, a learn, say, a, probably a learned behavior in that case. I would say, and that's what I think one of the things is, I think that there's like a multitude of reasons that go into it. Some people I think are just born that way. Others, I think, learn it because of their situations that they're in. So they might have narcissistic parents where they're like, oh, well, this is how you're supposed to behave. Mm-hmm. So then they that's just how they learn to live their life is that they're like, well, that's how my mom and dad were. So why wouldn't I be the exact same uh, exact same way? Like that's that's their Because I definitely think I definitely think with the somatic that that is if you're talking about Hollywood, I think that's definitely like a learned thing mm-hmm. on a lot of their parts that they're <clears throat> that they're thrust into this spotlight into this competitiveness Mm -hmm. and i think that it's one of those things that um when it comes to hollywood because my mom and i have talked about it before where i think it's one of those things where like you can have a little bit of a healthy little bit of narcissism Mm -hmm. when you're if you're going to go be a movie star or a theater star any sort of things where you have to be outgoing i think you need a certain level of it because otherwise like i could never do anything like that like the fact that i do this podcast still at times comes back to me and goes you speak on a podcast where other people hear you speaking i'm like 
Yep. <laughs> but then you have to think, is that, do you need a, a little bit of narcissism or mm-hmm. do you need to have Courage. a great amount of confidence? <laughs> the confidence. Yeah. And, and that, and I don't think, I think confidence in yourself and narcissism are two different. Oh, they totally are. But I think when you do like a movie star kind of aspect to it or a theater, like for this, this just takes confidence to do. For sure. Yeah. Like I think for this, what we do, I think we just have to have confidence enough to get up and remember to say words. Whereas when you're trying. Oh, I don't have no confidence. (laughs) You just pretend. (laughs) But when you're doing something like a movie, you have to have a little bit of narcissism where you're, you're not just confident, you're cocky in the characters that you're portraying. You're like, yeah, I'm the best one for this job because mm. I'm fucking amazing. Because you have to go against a bunch of other people who well, think yeah. the exact same thing. So I think they need like a little dose of it. The problem is they have way more than a little dose nine times out of ten where you're like, oh, you went over the top. Like you just needed like one tenth and you just took one hundred tenths instead. And you're like, need <laughs> a little bit of talent as well. <laughs> you just wanted to add that in because you're the talent. Uh-huh, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> that was fantastic uh-huh. who's right, reading me. next me <laughs> okay the talent <laughs> the talent has arrived <laughs> all right so number seven is cerebral narcissist so a cerebral a cerebral narcissist, also known as intellectual narcissists, are individuals who fulfill their narcissistic supply by being perceived as intelligent, well-read, and expert. These narcissists tend to be egocentric, use their intelligence against others, boast about their knowledge, excessively correct others, and downplay others' intellectual abilities. While intellectual narcissists are genuinely smart, they often present as if they are more educated than they really are. This is done to mask underlying insecurities and lack of insight. And I don't know, this is kind of like a, like a little meaningless, stupid example. But when I was married, for whatever reasons, I cannot say the word properly, comforter. And my freaking husband, every time I said the word, would freaking laugh at me and then have to correct me. And in my mind, I don't know what I'm saying, (laughs) but for some reason, it just doesn't come out properly. So I think pointing out, um, I think he may be a little bit of a cerebral nurse to like have a Mm -hmm. little bit of that tendency because he would have to point out um, when I misspoke uh, or didn't say some properly or didn't know um, something, you know, that like, I didn't like, I didn't know that this was a mental illness type thing. mm -hmm. It would be like, well, he was, he was very quick to jump on your mistakes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. To point point out. out. Yes. So, I think a really good example, and I'm sure Joyelle will agree with this, and Dana, you too, because we we all know them. Engineers are the most cerebral, narcissistic pains in my ass because they think they know everything. 
And I'm sorry if my sister's listening to this at any point in time and gets this this episode. I love you. I know that you're an engineer. Thankfully, you don't talk down to the people who are around you. You only talk about the things that you know. However, there are so many other engineers that I have met in my life God, work that you just want to punch them in the throat because they come and they talk down to you because they think that they know more than you. And then they're they're mystified when you correct them and you're right and they're just they're so condescending about everything and make it seem like they're the smartest people on the planet and i can remember one of my friends at uh at work had an issue with a um an engineer who came down and told them like okay well this is how it's happening you need to do it because i'm an engineer and you're just well you're a lowly like floor worker and my friend Turner went, well, this lowly floor, floor worker actually has three diplomas and two degrees in these different areas. And the engineer kind of turned and kind of like bulked back. And we were just like, oh, oh, you're really well educated. And they're like, yeah, I am. I choose to work here because this is what I want to do. And it's easier for me than trying to keep up with other things. And it made me laugh because I've run into the same issue with engineers where they come over they talk down to you because they think that they're all that in a bag of chips because they've had so many years of education i'm like okay so you know how this runs you go ahead you come run this piece of equipment then and you tell me what's wrong with it and if you can run it better than i can i'll listen to you oh you don't know how to run it well then maybe you should sit back and ask me some questions instead of just talking down to me and acting as though you know everything i uh I'd like to elaborate on that, if I may. Of course. <laughs> when I was downstairs at work, in our favorite uh, spot where we all started. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. <laughs> Do you guys remember when all the brickwork was coming down the sea line? Mm-hmm. I remember and those days. they were trying to they, they had put a whiteboard they had oh, put a yeah. whiteboard up and they asked for team member suggestions to make it easy to put away and fetch yes I remember that now well I stood I was sorting the one day and I was talking to Mr. G and I rattled off an idea and he looked at me he said that is brilliant we'll write that on the board I'll, I will cover your sort line while you write that on your on the board So I let him sort. I went over and I wrote on the board and I wrote down that I thought it would be wise for brickwork to be put away with the PDA and you know how it would ring to let you know that the bin was ready to be fetched. Mm -hmm. You would say no, but you would tag the bin with a magnet. Yeah. And then a fetcher 
would go up and down the aisles and take those bins. That sat on the board for two to three weeks. And then one day, the PCs had their morning meeting and the one midnight PC stayed and went to the meeting. And I won't say her name. She's not a PC anymore, but I love this woman completely. She came out of the meeting and she came over to, to Team C and she said to me, I just want you to know that I set the record straight. And I was kind of looking at her. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. You're like, yeah, <laughs> and, you do that. And she said, we just had, we just had our monthly meeting with the big wigs. So Mr. G and some engineers and whatnot. And, uh, the one engineer stood up and he opened a, a little book and he rattled off this great idea for Team C. <laughs> and all of all of everybody was like, when can we implement this? The sooner we get this this going, this is perfect. This is gonna improve our throughput time. Bins are not going to be sitting for hours, blah, blah, blah. And that PC stood up and said, that wasn't your idea. That was Joanne's idea. And she wrote it on the board out front. And it's been sitting there for three weeks and nobody's done jack shit about it. And Mr. G looked at the engineer and said, actually, you know what? PC... AJ is correct because I was with Joanne that day that she told me about that and I was the one that told her to write it. So I always thought that those engineers put up those suggestion boards to get suggestions from the floor people and then mm -hmm. presented them as their own. Only Make this time the, look en good. the engineer got fucking busted. They Try to make themselves by. look good. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. That that engineer <clears throat> probably has that form of narcissism. It's I it's weird because it's one of those things that I can't really think of other people. I'm sure that there's others that obviously have cerebral, like I'm sure to a certain degree. Um well, not, I'm sure, I know to a certain degree, professors have the same kind of stuff where they think just because they're a professor of something, um, they think that they know everything. It's like, okay, yeah, but you're a professor of literature. You're not a professor of science, whatever. Right. Or um, it's I the same thing. I would think a lawyer. With... I haven't, weirdly enough... I haven't found that with lawyers. Like, they're definitely narcissists, but I don't know which type. But it's dependent, too. Like, I know a couple good lawyers who are just 
nice people, which then always seem weird because you think of lawyers and you're like, oh, they're not, they're just horrible beings. They eat your soul. I think like not necessarily, I think, but I think maybe like you would have to be while you're in court. Can you do that? Could you, could you like, now is that a thing? Can you turn off and on your narcissism? I would think if, that some people could. If case, if somebody is turning it on and on, then I wouldn't, uh, on and off, pardon me, it's I wouldn't classify <laughs> it as having uh, an NPD. Mm-hmm. Because I would imagine that as a lawyer, if you're in court, you want to be, well, um, you, you want to be, be full lawyer. of yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing as with... Uh, with doctors most doctors are very narcissistic they have god complexes coming out the wazoo but they're one of those people that i always say it's like i want a doctor who has a god complex because i want them to be full of themselves and walk in and be like yeah this is a super simple procedure why are you worried shut up i'm just gonna do it be like okay but you know i always think about that i always think about that and i think but at one point they weren't at one point they they had a first they mm-hmm. had a first surgery they had a first case of cancer they had a first so mm-hmm. you have to start somewhere they had just a because patient who died yeah mm-hmm. like you don't necessarily i feel like just because somebody's had a like i mean a lot of experience under their belt and stuff doesn't necessarily make them the best and oh no and it doesn't necessarily make the person who's never done it before the worst. Oh, no, by no means does it make them the best or the worst, but it's the amount of confidence that they come in with versus like if I have someone who's a first year or a student, whatever, um, I can't think of the. Um, like a resident. They use the, thank you. I was like, they use that term all the I time Grey's in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> you so when a resident comes in you're far less likely to have the confidence going into surgery because like even when you watch shows like that you can see how the residents they question things because they haven't had their first successes or anything like that whereas the one who's done it 500 times this past week it's like okay yeah i can do this blindfolded and goes that gives you more of a sense of confidence in in the one aspect of having a doctor like I said, that's the only time where I want them to be narcissistic and full of themselves. Where I'm like, you have the magic touch. You get the brain tumor out. You take the thing out. You do the whatever has to be done. I trust you. The shaky little uh, resident that's beside you going, this is going to be my first one. Could that one please not be on me? Hmm. That's where I want that cockiness to come out. Where I'm like, I want it there. But I feel, I just feel again, like just because they have that cockiness doesn't necessarily mean they have what they need to back up that narcissistic confidence well no but that's no different than a lawyer it's the it's the sense the false sense of security so they're like yeah you're getting the false sense of security that's all that matters when you go into (laughs) surgery when you're going into something like surgery or a court of law where your life is literally in the balance of something i don't care be confident be cocky because it's going to make me feel better and feel like i'm probably going to live or not be thrown in jail whatever it is compared to someone who comes in and goes 
well, I'm not really sure about the things that I'm going to argue in court. Like, okay, I want a different lawyer because I want someone who sounds more confident in what they say. Like going into um, The Good Wife or The Good Fight. I I want the top lawyer. I'm like, I want that one because <laughs> that one looks scarier than you in the court of law and sounds more more in it. <laughs> so there's definitely times where you want the narcissistic sides to come through and stuff like that. Whereas having it in like a an engineer who just comes and talks down to you when it's like dude we all work at the same plant yeah i know what happens out here i know how it works best you don't let's just accept these things and work together and you can stop just being an asshole who comes down here and goes oh you're gonna do this because i'm an engineer and i said so or i could just trip you on the floor and just walk away like <laughs> something's going to happen and give so let's go on to the next one, Taylor. So the next one, this is one that also spoke to me, is a spiritual narcissist. And I think we can all say that we know probably a lot of people who fit into this. But spiritual, sounding like Joyelle, spiritual <laughs> narcissists derive a sense of self-worth from both their faith and their ability to control, manipulate, and influence others. This kind of narcissist uses their spirituality to hurt others by shaming, fear-mongering, and gaslighting. They will bring spirituality and faith into all conversations, judge others for their approach or lack thereof of spirituality, and use scripture to prove themselves right, ignoring instances in which it does not support their point of view. While anyone can be a spiritual narcissist, they're most often people in positions of power or those who have uh, been through a major life transition and turn to a spirituality to help them get through it. Nope. Don't worry, <laughs> buddy. I have yeah. never met a spiritual narcissist. I have. That is a lie. Anyone in the Catholic church is a spiritual narcissist. I don't go to the Catholic church. I don't go to you've church. Met, you've met them in our place of work. Yeah, but nobody's ever been a spiritual narcissist to me. Oh, well, they have to me. I honestly, like, I, I do not exude spirituality. <laughs> I do not come across as somebody that would be, um, have any spirituality. <laughs> You're just a heathen. <laughs> I am foul mouth. And, <laughs> and I am who I am. And I've never pretended to even remotely be spiritual uh and i think i send that vibe yeah okay and I, dana I, what about you oh i i've definitely met somebody who would be considered a spiritual narcissist um and 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 it's not so for me i just i nod and i i walk away <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um but it's the it's the God showed me the way. God cured me of this. God did this, and God did no. God didn't do that. Um, your false reality is worshiping a man you think lives in the sky. Sorry, Catholics. <laughs> um, I'm Catholic. So is my dad. Don't don't come at me and take my life choices. And say God is disappointed in me for the things I've done. I don't believe in God. 
So how can how can how can he be disappointed in me? But you always have that one person, that one that one friend, and they are a friend who will go oh God wouldn't approve of that. Well, that's okay because I didn't ask his approval. Well, you know, if you if you came to my church, no, I like 10% of my paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um, you know. If 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 I hadn't found God, I never would have stopped doing drugs. Yeah, you would have. Because not all rehabs are run by God. It's those. It's and I refer to those people as Bible thumpers. Mm -hmm. Call me what you want to call me on that. I will not apologize for that to anyone. Make that perfectly clear right now. I will not apologize to anybody. You come at me throwing religion and everything, you're a Bible thumper to me. Uh -huh. I don't appreciate those people. I don't appreciate being told that I need God to get through life, that I need God to wash my sins away, that I need God to do this, or I need God to do that. I need to pray. Stop pushing your religion on me. Uh -huh. I can have a conversation with you and not mention the word God. Why can't you have a conversation with me and not mention the word God? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I know one. We're friends. When, when it gets to that level, I walk away. Uh -huh. I, I, I will literally fake a phone call on my phone. Or I'll be like, oh shit, Norm just texted me. I gotta go. Sorry. We'll get caught up again. I I don't I don't entertain those people. And yes, we did work with a lot of them at work. Uh-huh. Well, so many times those... my so many times my lunch was ruined Ugh, by yes. you know, I don't think God created the cow for you to eat it. Fuck right off. Let me enjoy my taco. Like, <laughs> Don't you come between me and my taco because we're going to have a problem. <laughs> between me and my beef. <laughs> well, so, yeah. so for me, I, I look at it from multiple angles. You get the uh, spiritual narcissist, not just from, because obviously whenever people talk about spirituality, there's always a difference between being spiritual and being religious. In this case, they're all under one heading. So for those who, because I know I have friends that are both religious and others that are spiritual. I have issues with both sides. Because for me, I have issues with the, like the Catholic Church is one of my top issues that I have problems with. Because of the things that they've done in their history, the things that they continue to cover up and not even apologize for. If they at least step forward and went, yeah, you know what, we need to apologize for some of this stuff. And we need to fix a lot of our stuff in our history. Let's start working on that. I'd be happier. My God, but... just to just to the indigenous community alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that like the, the starting point for that, like I don't even know where they'd be able to start with that, other than sell off some of that freaking gold gold, uh, uh, gold everything that they have for a um, supposedly poor community that they're supposed to be. Um my issue st tends to stem from the fact that they're 
they're the ones who come up and tell people, oh, well, you're going to hell for this reason. You're going to hell for that reason. You're doing this. But then the moment that you step back and go, okay, you want to talk about the reasons why in your Bible that's been written by a man and wasn't even written for the first time, I think, until I think the first Bible came out, what, two to 300 years after Jesus was supposedly dead? So let's start there and go, all right, well, the first one is that men shall not lie with boys. Let's do the proper translation of that. Men shall not lie with boys. Let's get rid of those pedophiles. It's not men shall not lay with men. They didn't care. That wasn't a thing until recently. So don't tell my friends that they're going to hell because they're gay. Don't tell me I'm going to hell because I'm gay. Because guess what? I'm not. And then you have the opposite side where those who are spiritual, because my ex was a perfect example of it, where she was so freaking a pain in the ass about who her patron god is i have no problem with her patron god being fenrir the wolf of um, norse mythology but heaven forbid you tell her that hey hers isn't the only god to follow there are other ones and the moment that you said that to her Suddenly she was like, well, no, yours is a horrible God. Yours did this and this, and you can't follow that. You should follow this one instead. Go, go fuck yourself kind of thing. And it boggled my mind because I would listen to stuff like that. And I'm like, these are the reasons why you say you don't like Christianity is because you're being told by someone in a higher power or a higher level of power in a church that you can't do these things because this is who you are supposed to follow and do and yet here you are doing the same things back to people who are being spiritual no the point of it is follow who you want to follow just be a decent human being that's it don't tell me i can't do these things or do that because of this or that or the other reason so it's yeah. always just an issue to me just because so many people use it like you said bible thumpers go around and tell me that well i couldn't have possibly gotten through my mother being sick unless i prayed to god and got his help it's like nope i didn't do that at all i went one day at a time and i slowly pieced together our lives until it made sense that was it that was all so one of the worst things i heard as a new mother when my daughter was born now my husband's father was Catholic. My father was Catholic. My dad didn't embrace the Catholic Church because, number one, he was left-handed. <laughs> and Ooh. let's talk about back in the 1940s and being left-handed. <laughs> Slap that right out of you. Um, my father-in-law was a choir boy. I, I believe him and my mother-in-law were married in a Catholic church. My my parents were married uh, non-denominational. I was not raised Catholic. My husband was not raised Catholic. When our daughter was born, I was literally told by family members that when I died, I would never see my children again because I didn't have them baptized and therefore they would not be allowed into heaven. <laughs> Family wow. told me that. So neither, neither I, of my neither of my kids are baptized. They've never been dunked by the priest. 
both my both of my children are are good people. Mm -hmm. They're they're good, solid people. I don't like that that religious intonation has been put on them for the sole purpose that they were dunked in water by a priest. Mm -hmm. That that that's one of the many many faults I find within Catholicism. If you don't mm -hmm. do what we say, you're not going to heaven. Oh, okay. What are you, the religious mafia? Like, yes. Calm down. <laughs> We're going to collect your kneecaps. <laughs> so yeah, that that's. I, like, I tell my kids, I said, "Sorry, sorry, and I wasn't going to heaven anyway." So. <laughs> You're like, "You're coming with me. Come on, kids. <laughs> We're taking the party bus." So. But that just goes to show, like it is, it's prevalent in a lot of areas, and I know basically everyone can point to spiritual narcissists just from whether they've dealt with it in their day-to-day -day lives like you've dealt with it I've dealt with it whether it's people at work whether it's um the actual like the catholic church the presbyterian church <laughs> presbyterian church uh anglican any of those kind of things it doesn't matter like basically to me it's one of those things of if you're a priest or whatever version you have in your religion, you're in a position of power and you're using the word of God or whoever you have to try and control people and telling them that, Oh, well you have to give 10% of your paycheck in order to keep the church going and to be allowed into heaven. Like funny, that's not anywhere in the Bible. If you start reading through, you're like, no, oh, no, no, it doesn't say that I have to give 10% in order to get into heaven. I just have to be a good person. The only part of the Bible that I fully support is where it says man has to make his woman coffee. And I think it's <laughs> under Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that lame joke for a million, Alex. I love that lame. <laughs> I've seen that meme so many times and I laugh just as hard every time I see it and I make my mom read it every time because I literally I'll send it to her while sitting on the couch and just watch her and be like <laughs> <laughs> for me for me somebody asked me what my religion was and my my answer was was pretty simple and I looked at them and I said, I don't believe in organized religion. I don't believe that anybody has the right to tell you when to pray, uh -huh. who to pray to, and how much it's going to cost you to pray. Uh -huh. I say I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the God that the Catholic Church says is up there. Mm -hmm. I believe in a higher being. Not necessarily God. Just a higher being. It's kind of like the people that think out of the nine planets in our solar system, we're the only ones with life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. that's narcissistic right there. Take that over, people. <laughs> 
So, yeah. I don't believe that, in organized religion. I have to say, just on the point of the alien aspect, I have to agree with that. Like, that to me is just like, um, what is it? Uh, human hubris right there, where you're like, you think that we're the only people to live in a galaxy with how many trillions of stars or mega trillions whatever the hell the next number up is from that and you think we're the only ones yeah it's like whether or not we've actually seen them day to day doesn't matter i'm i'm not uh, close-minded enough to be like oh yeah we're clearly the only things that could survive here have you seen our oceans my mother is convinced those are all aliens living in our oceans oh for sure <laughs> she's like those are freaky those should not look like that <laughs> Before we get on to the to the ninth type of narcissist, I'll just put this out there. Y'all can say what you want. I've seen a UFO. I've seen <laughs> it with my own eyes. You will not convince me otherwise. I've seen a UFO. This is being Anywho, talked about afterwards. Our ninth type of narcissist is the communal narcissist. The communal narcissists are those who possess grandiose inflated perceptions of themselves within the communal environment. They believe they have <laughs> extraordinary potential and capability healers often thinking of themselves as the best listeners, helpers, socializers, and charitable people on the planet. In reality, they are fair, fairly hypocritical, as most of their focus centers on meeting their own intrinsic needs. Cult I can think. <laughs> yes, cult leaders. Actually, yeah, that's a really good. Yes, David Koresh. <laughs> uh, who's the guy that drank the Kool Aid? Oh, I don't even. I can't. Uh, I can't think of his name. I just remember always don't drink the blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> Jim Jones. Yes. Jonestown. Jim oh, Jones. Oh, yeah, duh, so. Duh. Absolutely. Um, Warren Jeffers. The head of the Mormon church. Yes. Like. He. he my God. He is every. He is all nine types of narcissistic rolled into one little meat suit. One little meat suit. Because there, there, there ain't nobody that thinks there ain't nobody that deserves thirty-eight wives, <laughs> one hundred and twelve children. So yeah, cult leaders, absolutely. You shout that oh. out, Peanut. Yes, yeah. she did. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, man. Oh yeah, it's, it's kind of it kind of reminds me or makes me think too of like I know this is going to be an odd comparison, but for a comparison for anyone who listens and watches TV, Sheldon on Big Bang Theory, one hundred percent because he thinks that he's the glue that holds together the entire group. Absolutely, because he makes that comment a couple times throughout the seasons or throughout the series. Where he's like, oh, well, yeah, but if they didn't have me, they wouldn't be together at all. Like, I'm what holds them together as a group. And that, to me, is the epitome of a communal narcissist. Because they think that they're, they're the glue that holds everything together. They're the one that brings everyone together. 
and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, if I weren't around, none of you would be together. It's like, no, I don't think like I can't look at any one of us and be like, oh, well, yeah, if it weren't for Dana or if it weren't for Joyelle, I would never talk to Dana or I would never talk to Joyelle. Like, no, no, I would still talk to them. If it weren't for Joyelle, we wouldn't have a podcast because she is the talent. <laughs> well, I mean, there is that. She's clearly the glue that holds together the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> but I definitely think that that's... I, I find that, that that one is... Um, I don't want to say like the all-encompassing one, but probably the most common one that I come yeah. across just because I have a bunch of different friend groups and they're always made up of the most random smattering of people you could think possible. And there's always at least one who thinks that they're the glue of it all. And then is mortified when they find out that you got together without them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. There is some pleasure when you watch that narcissistic friend get their comeuppance and you're like, wasn't it you just telling me two weeks ago that you're the one that you're the reason why we're all together? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see we all got together? Even though you said you couldn't get together with us, we were like, oh, that's fine. We'll still do it. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. So maybe, maybe take yourself down a few notches and realize that people are still going to be friends, regardless of you being here. So those are the nine types of narcissists. Um, again, we always ask you guys for feedback. Let us know if you know somebody that fits into those categories has those traits you know all the good stuff we always love to hear mm -hmm. hear hear about that and you can you can either email us or you can write it on our facebook page send us a private message if you want yep because we all know like i've had conversations with a bunch of friends as these episodes have come out where they're like oh my god, I'm at the part, and it's not just about the magic fingers. <laughs> They'll comment about other parts as they're going through it. I think actually, I think my friend did actually clean her her drawing room, or she I can't remember if she actually did it or not after we did that shout out to her. She was like, yeah, I still haven't cleaned it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, see, I'm not late then. 